Continuing the tape, yeah. Right, continuing the tale, yes. John Wilkinson had been involved with managing some patients with Darrow's disease in Oxford. We had quite a few families, just by chance. Um, and this new drug had been developed by Roche. It was the first of the oral retinoids, and they were trying it out in lots of different disorders of keratinisation. Um, and one suggestion was that they should try it in Darrow's disease, and John had a cohort now in St Thomas's, where he'd rotated to, and he wanted somebody in Oxford to do the other half of the study. So I was the full girl, never thinking this would prove to be of any interest at all. And of course, it was fantastic because it worked. And Darrow's disease, what happens to the patient? They get roughly. roughly. Well, they get this horrible, disfiguring, brown, warty, malodorous skin condition, <laughs> <laughs> which in its worst form, you can smell the patient in the outpatient clinic. It's horrible. Oh, yes. um, milder forms, well, then the treatment can be worse than the disease. Mm. So it's highly variable. It's dominantly inherited. Right. Um, and it's got really interesting pathology and was one of the few conditions that I could actually easily recognise down the microscope because I was never all that good at pathology. But yeah. Darrow's disease, yes, because the keratinocytes in the epidermis, they separate. The desmosomes don't hold together. Yeah. So you get this phenomenon called acanthalysis. But you don't yeah. get blisters very often in the patients. Instead, you get hyperkeratosis, dyskeratosis. So it's yeah. very it interesting. It does. Yes. It's yes. a very yes. interesting disease. Um, we now know the genetic basis, but it hasn't changed the treatment. It's a, it's a single genetic site, that's right. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. it's a calcium ATPase, and Gosh, which yeah. was rather unexpected. Yes, everybody right. thought it might be a structural protein, but it isn't. Yeah. Yes, but it hasn't sadly changed our management yet, so I'm waiting. Now the retinoids, did they have side effects? Yes, and so the side effects can be worse than the Were disease. Were they the acne and suicide? No, yeah, no, no, that's the other branch of retinoids, okay. so that's isotretinoin. No, um, with tigacin as it was called, or a tretinate, you get um, dry, mucosal dryness was the big mm-hmm. problem, mm-hmm. and you can get a bit itchy with it too, but lots of mucosal dryness and that. Mm-hmm can be sometimes worse than trying to sort out the skin disease. So, and did you do any genetics yourself? Yes. yes. Well, that was that John Bell who helped right. with that. In the IMM? Or? Yes. So, um, well, I didn't, you know, I was just the, the phenotyper. I didn't do genotyping. But oh, right. actually, they need, they need good well, phenotypers. They do. No, so I collected, yes. yes. But you didn't do Western dots, Southern dots? No, I did not, no. no. But I went around the country finding people, families, um, and collecting samples and going off around the M25 early in the morning and arriving with a milkman to one family (laughs) in London. I remember (laughs) crack of dawn. And another family in Wales going way off into a Welsh farm. So were you ever based in the IMM, for instance? No. No. But you had one year entirely research, did you? Funded? I did, didn't I? Um, I think that was more f- more for lupus, wasn't it? Because yeah, that right, was the other okay, yes, the right, other area okay. I was interested. That was Fenella's interest. She wanted right. somebody to right. take forward the lupus because right. she was concentrating on the immunobullous diseases, and her other interest had been lupus, and she was very keen that somebody else would continue. But that. you would keep doing outpatients in yes. the yes, exactly. I, I think, my, I, think I kept yes. my hand in. Yes, and then those mm-hmm. days, you know, you used to be able to get. Um, off-service years. Do you remember the Regional Health Authority gave registrar off-service yes, years? I do remember, yes. And that's all gone. Yes, right? no, so no. I you know, really benefited from that. Yes. And hugely benefited from training part-time. 
I mean, I was a registrar for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's quite difficult to add up the years. But Haley uh, Haley, what, what was that then? Oh, uh, Haley Haley was this disease that was very similar to Darius' disease, and sometimes there was used to be debate about whether they were the same conditions or not. It's very blistering right. as opposed to the wartiness, but down the microscope can look almost identical. Right. So okay. you, need, you rely on the clinician to help. Right, but uh, different genes? It's turned out to be another calcium ATPase. Right. It's in the Golgi apparatus as opposed into the as oh, opposed no. to the endoplasmic reticulum. Absolutely fascinating. It is, right? Yes. But a different site, chromosomally. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But very, very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I did quite a lot of work on both of them. So mm. when then you became a consultant at Stoke Mandel in Oxford. I fell off the ladder because yes. I'd trained so long and they couldn't spin it out any further. <laughs> <laughs> so so I had to just Ronnie Dorby said, oh, he said, there's lots of private practice, you'll be fine, a consultant job will come up, because Peter, of course, was established, so I couldn't move, and I think I'm probably the only dermatologist who made a loss from private practice, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you do it? Oh, I did it in, there was some centre called the Bioplan Centre, or something in right. Oxford. Right. Um, Completely different from the Radcliffe or the one opposite that? It was set up within, within the Oxford hospital right. it was in the Churchill I think right. okay. but I hated it I, I just was not no I was no good at that yeah. and, but they gave me an honorary consultant contract so I was able to continue doing teaching and a bit of research and I supposedly getting my income from this clinic right. which right. yes which never really functioned. So you're running ahead of Vanessa Redding or yes yes. yes Vanessa followed me right yes. and um so then you became a consultant in Stoke Mandeville yes, yes. John finally came up Thank goodness. <laughs> um, for which, in the end, I think I was the only applicant. My predecessor there was Margaret Walsh, who had been trying to cover both Milton Keynes and Stoke Mandeville. It was an extraordinarily difficult thing yeah, to do. Yeah. And she finally retired, completely exhausted, and they'd, of course, as they often do, realised that actually they needed two people. Yes, yes. So they appointed me in Stoke Mandeville and Pramjit Dura in Milton Keynes. Mm -hmm. So I arrived in Stoke Mandeville to a department where Margaret had just... I mean, she'd been run into the ground, I think. And so it was waiting redevelopment. Mm -hmm. and, and I was able to bring in change there, and it was great. I was on my own. So I didn't have to ask anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so what changes did you make? Well, um... One of the first things we did, there was no ultraviolet light treatment, right. and uh, which is key for dermatology. That's psoriasis, is it? Yeah, for psoriasis and other things, but right. for psoriasis yes. certainly you need UV yes. light. There was nothing, it had all been run down. And I had to discuss this with management and uh, where it was going to be cited and so on and so forth. And the physiotherapist apparently, I remember this, they wrote a letter saying, doesn't Dr. Burge know that ultraviolet light causes skin cancer? <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> yes, I did know that. <laughs> so, so we finally got our ultraviolet light up and running in the department. There was a very good clinical assistant there, Anthea Bransbury, who had been there for years. Uh, she hadn't, I think, yes, I think she was clinical assistant. We managed to get her upgraded eventually to associate specialist because she was extremely mm -hmm. able. And she liked surgery. I hated surgery. Mm -hmm. So that, for me, was fantastic. Yes. It was at that stage that I shed the surgery 
What you yes. should know is, of course, Derek, for someone who hates surgery, I did write a book on it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> it was, it was called Simple Skin Surgery. Oh. Yes. It was after the year in Duke because they did lots of surgery and there was nothing to look up for us people who didn't like it. So the only thing to do was to write it as a book. So, <laughs> so I got a plastic surgeon apparently to agree to do it with me. We was that your first book? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you'd had a lot of papers by then. Yeah, I'd had some papers yes. by then. Yes. yes. No, that's the, the challenge was actually getting a plastic surgeon to do it with me because back then, for a plastic surgeon to do a book for a dermatologist from surgery was a no-no. Right, um, right. So it, it was very interesting. Finally, I found Ruth Raymond, who was a trainee here, agreed to do it. And right. she got a lot of stick for having done it. From? Yes, from? yes, from her plastic surgery colleague. Good the current dermatologist. Well, giving yes. away the secrets. Yes, getting encouraging dermatologists oh, to do surgery. <laughs> Extraordinary, because <laughs> attitudes have changed so yes, completely. yes. No, I can. Ted Maloney would have understood that. Yeah, yeah. And the book ran to three, three editions, I think, yeah. just a little one. Okay, tell me about Duke. How did that compare? With Duke Oxford? was wonderful. In Duke, um, the residency program was focused on getting the residents through their board examinations. Yes. In Oxford, you learnt by osmosis in dermatology. Mm-hmm. You were left just to get on with the clinics, huge clinics. But I don't remember much structure to the <laughs> <No>. teaching. <laughs> in Duke, it was very structured. So we went to Duke very early on in my career yes. as a dermatology trainee. And it was a fantastic year for me. I was the only part-time trainee they'd ever had in Duke. Because we still, you know, we had two small children, three yes. and five when we went. Peter was doing a hand fellowship. And um, yes, it was a wonderful year. Such fun. I didn't think I was going to get any money because... There wasn't a job, officially, but um, I had a phone call from Jerry Lazarus, who was the head of the department. He phoned the outpatient clinic in Oxford. I don't know how he got hold of me. It must have been about two months before we left, and to say, Susan, I'll find you some money. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Because, again, it worked out because somebody had moved or they had a gap. Somebody was going into research, and he suddenly found a pocket of money. Yes. So I was a part-time... So I was a part-time resident. Fantastic. So was that structuring what really made you so keen on structure? Probably. And, you know, formal. Yeah, and formal progress, as it were. Yes, I think it probably was. But it certainly helped me, because dermatology is completely different from all the other specialties, somehow. You're starting with a blank sheet. And it helped me, that year helped me make make sense of looking at skin. Mm-hmm. It really gave me the tools that I needed to yeah, progress. Yeah. Now, when you were in Stoke Mandeville, was Jimmy Savile raising the money? <laughs> Jimmy Savile was there, yes. I met him going down the corridor once in a shell suit with gold bangles and... Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts? I mean, one well, I remember as a child not liking Jimmy Savile and I remember finding him slightly sleazy as he walked down the corridor, yes, but apart yes. from that... No, no absolutely. Yeah, yes. indeed. Then you were you on at Stoke Mandeville and Oxford at the same time? No, it was a full-time consultant job in Stoke Mandeville. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only consultant, so on call, we decided the definition was of on call was if they could find me, I was on call, and if they couldn't, <laughs> I wasn't. But actually, I found out from Fenella, it must have been about six months or nine months into the job, and I hadn't been called, and she said... Do you know that Stoke Mandeville's calling our registrars to do your <laughs> said, No, I didn't know that. Because <laughs> there used to be a 10 mile rule, didn't there? You yes. used to have to live within yes. 10 yes. yes. <laughs> um, So you came back to Oxford? 
I eventually came back to Oxford. Did I retired, did, or did they just expand? Terence retired. Right. So I did five years in Stoke Mandeville, and they were a wonderful five years. You don't really learn how to... Well, you don't really learn about your specialty to your consultant and taking responsibility, do you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a great five years, and I had huge support from my colleagues in Amersham. So I used to take my difficult patients to their clinical right. meetings. Right. Um, and I remember... I must tell you this, before I came back to Oxford, one of, one of the areas that we practice in dermatology, we look at people with leg ulcers, and yes. leg ulcers are actually hugely challenging. Yes, no, I agree, um, as a diabetologist. Absolutely, really difficult, and I had, and Terence has a huge interest in leg ulcers, mm. vascular problems, mm. and I had this cohort of really tricky patients in Stoke Manor, I wasn't getting anywhere, and I it was, it was losing confidence, because I just didn't know what to do, so I decided, I talked to Terence and said, would you come to Stoke Mandeville and do an ulcer yeah. clinic with yeah. me. Right. So I brought in, I suppose it must have been 10 difficult patients. And Terence came, and Terence looked so senior and important, and he had his wife. So he stood at the end of each couch, and he sort of leant back with his arms folded, and he would nod his head, and he'd say, yes, very difficult. <laughs> and the patients felt so much better, <laughs> so did I. <laughs> it was the most successful clinic, so we were able to continue that. Did you know Stuart Milton? Does that mean anything to no. you? No. I'll tell you about him after. No. But, um, right, and who was doing the pathology in uh, Stoke? We had Andrew Tadway, I think, was the right. name of the pathologist. There were two young pathologists, and there was a younger pathologist, Adam Padell, mm-hmm. who'd actually trained in Oxford. And I used to go and look at the slides myself as mm-hmm. well. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that was as good as what you got in Oxford, would you say? Yeah, um, yes. yes. Well, it was a very good working relationship. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, the, yes just as good. Yes. yes. The meetings at Amersham you went to, I mean, that's a great thing, I think. Because I, I used to do that a bit. Those meetings are so and important. That, yeah. yeah. That was the whole region, was it? Or yes. Was it, it was the, well, not Oxford. No. It was the Amersham... High Wycombe. Yeah, Amersham Wickham were one department. It would have been Milton Keynes, so Project right. would have come, and I think yeah. Windsor came to it as well. Yeah. So I would bring my difficult patients. I must tell you this funny story about the path department. Um, I had this patient, and I didn't know what the problem was, so you're quite right, you take a biopsy. So, and it looked to me as if we might need frozen sections as well. He, he was a, a patient, an Indian patient, and he had this bizarre rash, and he'd been through a whole lot of other departments. So I took the frozen sections, and as well as the ordinary pathology, and they cut the frozen sections on their cryostat, and then they did their ordinary staining, and it was leprosy. And they had to, and it was heaving with bacilli, and they had to defrost the cryostat to sterilise it. And did you take the patients in your car to these meetings, or...? Um, no, patients went themselves. Yes, right. Yes. Yes. So then you came back to Oxford, yes. and... What were your particular interests in the Oxford department, apart from your own diary? Teaching, and, I, and actually I'd continued the, you're, you're quite right, I had actually maintained a link. John Bell had um, asked me to continue an, or to start an NDM, specialist dermatology clinic. So I had been coming back to Oxford to do the clinic with the rheumatologists, with Peggy Frist doing eyes, with the renal physicians, 